The National Pork Board helps producers protect their freedom to operate during these difficult times by continuing its focus on its research, education, and promotion mandate. Now, more than ever, the National Pork Board's work is to drive domestic and international market demand and to better understand and overcome the barriers that prevent demand growth. Welcome to Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast taking a look at the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries. I'm your host, Sarah Muirhead. This episode is brought to you by America's Pig Farmers through the Pork Checkoff. Stay up to date on the checkoff by signing up for the email at porkcheckoff.org backslash email. Today, Dr. David Newman, Senior Vice President of Market Growth for the National Pork Board, and Gene Nome, National Pork Board Past President and a producer from Iowa, join us to share domestic market growth strategies. Well, welcome to you both. Uh, David, let's have you start by setting the stage with the industry's domestic market development strategy. Why don't you go over that for us? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Market development strategy on the domestic side here in the U.S. is really a long and short game. Uh, Right now in these challenging times in the industry, uh, certainly we need to focus on moving a lot of volume. That is the short-term strategy with the industry being where it is today. This is about improving both volume and value. This is about the long-term strategy of how we position pork and really get not only this volume proposition, but we get the value proposition to go with it. You know, this is about understanding who our consumer is, what their their entry components are into the market. For example, taste and flavor being the number one attribute that brings people into pork. The number one risk to pork, if you will, is the human uh, perception of human nutrition. And so uh, we're trying to knock down those barriers to consumption, and the board of directors is supporting that effort. So right now, it's all hands on deck for domestic consumption uh, in this volume and value strategy. So, Gene, from a producer perspective, are there any judicious investments of pork checkoff funds? From a producer perspective, this is how I'd like to make sure that they really think about the use of their checkoff funds. We're in a tough time now, and we've had good times. And but what the uh, what the pork board does with pork checkoff funds is is really thinking about working on producers' behalf on the long term and the short term and the good times and the bad. Where the pork checkoff funds work is in the pre-competitive area. Generally speaking, what David mentioned was uh, the idea of is pork good for you? And um, our campaign of of real pork, which is real farmers raising real pork on real farms that's really nutritious and really safe for the environment. And we treat animals really well. That's the kind of concept that I think uh, is really important to ensure that we uh, continue to grow the uh, trust and the image in a positive way of pork. And as a result, demand will grow as well. That's the sort of thing that, that we all do together really well. And then individual businesses can capitalize on that and do their own innovative products uh, using the work that uh, David just referred to regarding nutrition, regarding product presentation, regarding making sure we understand where we are in terms of benchmarking and and what we need to do next. Very good. So, David, talk to us about why the long-term market growth strategy piece is focused on the millennial and the Gen Z consumer. The simple way to answer that, Sarah, is you've got to fish where the fish are. 
And so it's not only understanding who the consumer is, where they live, where they shop, how they shop, even understanding their household metrics is important. You know, I'll give you an example of this is when we talk about all of the, the different generations, the, the simple fact is this, for the last several decades, baby boomers, the baby boomer generation has carried pork consumption. They eat more fresh pork than any other generation in the United States. But as boomers exit the market, then it starts to become about those generations that follow. So we have Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, and then the newest generations, which is alpha and beta. So um, those are the children, quite literally, that millennials are having today. And if you look at our surprisingly pork campaign as an example, it's estimated that millennial moms, who is the target of that campaign, are going to have at least a million babies a year for the next five to eight years. So we're literally talking about creating the future consumers of pork, right? So we need millennial moms to understand this piece that Gene mentioned about pork being nutritious. When we talk about protein and we talk about uh, the micronutrients that protein uh, that pork gives as a protein. So it's exceptionally good whenever we talk about that. But also when we talk about these future generations, we need to understand that if you look at the data, we could potentially start to lose annual consumption on a poundage basis. And so this is really important. And where this ties in very well is into the multicultural consumer. So when we talk about Hispanic and African-American communities here in the United States. They are young. They are pork users. They over-index on pork in many cases. It's part of their diet. It's part of their cultural uh, piece as well. So our efforts in nutrition, and we're tying back into this discussion earlier, the, the number one attribute of pork is taste and flavor. And so that ties very well into these multicultural dishes. The number one barrier to consumption is nutrition. So that's why we need to focus on millennial moms, we need to focus on younger generations, and especially that multicultural audience. Doing that can make pork more relevant. And that's really an important component of the discussion is about keeping pork top of mind. And then when you look at some of our campaigns like Ponle Pork that we do in the, the multicultural area, something that's really interesting about pork is that think about it not necessarily as center of the plate, but think about it as an ingredient. So the versatility of ground pork, the uh, you see today lots of other things, whether it's dim sum or it's ramen or these are common words that people are now using. And so and they're very relevant among those younger consumers. So keeping it top of mind, focusing on the consumers where they are and fish where the fish are. So, Gene, I understand the checkoff is investing in both Hispanic and African-American consumers. Choose one and, and give our listeners a, a bit more context around that. Yep. This, these comments are going to be a build on what David mentioned. He mentioned the word ponly pork, which literally translated means add pork. I, I reflect often on a comment that I got a few years ago, several years ago, from somebody in the food industry. And, and amongst our checkoff producers, I'd like to give them a message. One of the biggest make, mistakes you can make in food is to think that everybody thinks the way you do in terms of what they eat. And food as an ingredient, as David as David positioned, is really an important thing. Add pork, only pork. And so when we're thinking about the Hispanic community, the Latino community that's, that's really growing in the U.S., I think there are somewhere in the neighborhood of 
60 million of our 350 million people and they're the youngest folks and pretty soon i think what we have to do is make sure that we maintain work like cook to 145 because we all like a pork chop however we also have to think that 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 um that mantra of cook to 145 is not necessarily important in the in the work that we're doing in the uh, in the latino hispanic space heavy work in making sure that that growing population, significant part of our population, really hears from us about what the attributes are from pork, but also building on what we mentioned earlier. Is it nutritious? Yes. Is it safe? Yes. Do we think about our animals when we raise them? Yes. And making sure that those kind of hygiene factors are neutralized so they can move on and say, hey, this is a cool piece of protein to to add to my uh, whatever bowl it is. And that's where we're really focused on with Pony Pork. Start to get on social media and, and connect into that because what we're doing is not talking to Iowa farmers or Midwest farmers or North Carolina farmers. We're talking to the people in the cities that are growing and, and the populations that are growing there and, and really thinking about what their traditions are and how can we build on, on, uh, on that history. Great point. Thinking about what their traditions are now and then what those might be going forward and looking forward is always very important. So, David, let's shift gears to human nutrition. As you mentioned uh, that a little bit earlier here, what what do you find is surprising about pork? So we recently launched uh, our new nutrition campaign here through the National Pork Checkoff, and that is the Surprisingly Pork Campaign. And this is really an, a, an intense focus, I would say, Sarah, on human nutrition. I mentioned earlier that uh, we talk about the number one attribute being taste and flavor. So to what Gene said, right, it's not only delicious, but it's also nutritious. And so this is tying into um, from a, from a standpoint of what we're focused on looking at the staff uh, that we have put behind Surprisingly Pork as well. We have Dr. Kristen Hicks-Roof, who is a PhD in human nutrition. We have Emily Krause, who's a registered dietitian. And this is really uh, simply about this. It's about subverting the ingrained beliefs around eating pork. So uh, pork is part of a healthy, nutritious diet. When we talk about uh, red meats, certainly you know that, uh, and, and the consumers listening here know that uh, sometimes red meats get a bad rap, but the truth is they're a, a tremendous part of a healthy diet. When we think about protein, micronutrients, things like choline or selenium or vitamin B6 or vitamin B12, iron, zinc. So there's, there's tons of nutrients that are packed into high quality proteins uh, such as pork. And if this is, which our data says, the barrier to consumption, then we need to hit that head on. We need to hit that head on with registered dietitians. We need to hit that head on with physicians and we need to hit that head on with customers. So this is really, Sarah, about, again, making pork top of mind and reminding people that this is part of a healthy, balanced diet. So, Gene, briefly describe one short-term strategy tying back to the loin and how the checkoff is convening various members of the supply chain to develop one of those long-term strategies that we talked about in order to merchandise the loin. Loin is not just about the pork chop anymore. Loin is now a really very competitively priced, well-positioned, and delicious component in a meal. Let me reflect back. 
in September, I got I was fortunate to travel with the U.S. Meat Export Federation and see uh, consumers and and food in Seoul and Tokyo, and they talked a lot about home meal replacements and restaurant meal replacements. Restaurant meal replacements are you can walk into a restaurant now and oftentimes see a refrigerated group there where you can find a a meal kit that reflects the item on the on the menu. Meal kits are what something I saw just here in the grocery store a little while ago. Hey, for a meal of four, a meal for a family of four, here's the bag and add a potato. And but in there, um, pork is not a pork chop anymore. Pork is now an ingredient. And pork loin, um, we've seen in the benchmarking work that National Pork Board has has uh, um, has funded here recently, and we do it about every five years. The uh, uh, the quality of pork has really pork loin has changed quite dramatically. And what that means is it's a better flavor. It's more forgiving in the cooking process. But more importantly, it can be that flavorful ingredient of, uh, of food now, which is let's take a kit and let's bring it home and, and uh, make it quickly because um, making it quickly and making it predictably is really an important thing. That's kind of a focus of, of one of the things that we can do with the pork loin is really think about how it can be an ingredient. And I'm going to slip back to only pork, add pork. It's really an ingredient, not necessarily just the center of a plate with potatoes and and uh, and vegetables that us um, kind of Western Europeans have always thought and enjoyed that we we, we should have, and uh, and Scandinavians too, by the way. So that's uh, that's kind of where one of the focuses I think it could really help with the the pork loin. Very good. So, Gene, give us a. What's that one thing, that one key point that you want our listeners to, to walk away with today? Keep in touch with those folks that are managing your checkoff funds. Have your mind open about where they're going with making sure that they think about your product and where it's going, not where it's been. Making sure that you really see what are the trends in, in both food, but also populations and Ethnic persuasions is really an important thing. Uh, David mentioned African-American groups too, and and barbecue is a big thing. And uh, so what we want to do is make sure that we're we're focused on those things of, uh, to use the old Wayne Gretzky quote, skating to where the puck is going to be, not necessarily where it is at the moment, and thinking about those new things. David, what do you want to uh, leave our listeners with today? Sure. Well, I think that if you are a pork producer, here's the most important thing. We hear you. The checkoff with your investment is working hard to position pork. This is just a small sampling of the things that we have going on. We didn't touch on international market development, but also the domestic strategy that we have, the human nutrition strategy that we have. We have a team of people out here that are dedicated to pork. To the consumers, Gene mentioned, we have high quality pork in the system today. It's nutritious, it's delicious. And so we implore people to go out and think about it as an ingredient and to try it in recipes and dishes and uh, really just position this well for the industry. So we're here, we've got your back and uh, we support all things pork. Very good. Our thanks to David and Jean for joining us here today. We appreciate you both being with us. This podcast is brought to you by America's Pig Farmers through the Pork Checkoff. Stay updated by signing up for the email at porkcheckoff.org backslash email. I'm Sarah Muirhead, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs in Focus. 
If you would like to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast channel, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening.